Good morning, everyone. It's good to see everyone here this morning. Uh, if you would, if you bow with me in prayer, uh, we'll get started with our worship. <clears throat> God, it truly is good to be here today. Thank you um, for getting us here. Dear Lord, thank you for the love that you have for us, the blessings that you give us each and every day. Especially this morning, dear Lord, we're reminded of your power and of your beauty. Dear Lord, we're reminded of the way that you make the sun come up and the way that you make the grass grow and the way that you make the seasons change. Dear Lord, we're so thankful for that and for you this morning. And dear Lord, this morning, our worship, we pray that uh, our songs are, are pleasing to your ears. Dear Lord, that our worship and our remembrance of your son Jesus is also um, acceptable to you this morning. And as we gather I pray that we do so with open hearts and open minds, dear Lord. Thank you so much for loving us the way that you do. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart. Saving my soul, please reveal 
your will for me so I can serve you for eternity. Use my life in every way. Take hold of it today. I want to thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I want to thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. For all that you've done, I will thank you. For all that you're going to do. For all that you promised and all that you are is all that has carried me through. Jesus, I thank you. And I thank you. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you. We're marching through Emmanuel's 
angels ground to fairer worlds on high, to fairer worlds on high. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion on the beautiful city of God. If you'd stand with me now, we'll have our scripture reading in prayer. Scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 9 and in verses 14 through 17. Again, that's Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 through 17. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. Good morning, church. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today just in an attitude of thanks and what a beautiful beautiful spring day and I know that I know that I personally love this season as it's a season of birth a season of regrowing a season of life and just takes me to a place of reverence to think about your awesome creation and and really what you what you're able to do in our lives and and clean up the mess and put color back to a dingy dingy life we've made and so with that, I, I come before you in an attitude of reverence and thanks and how beautiful that is. And just ask that you watch over all of us in, in this day, in this life, in this week, and let our actions here today be in an attitude of worship and come from, a, come from that place of reverence. I just want to pray for all those who are, are sick or struggling or... Uh, need your healing hand upon them and once again lord we just thank you for this thank you for this day and thank you for this season thank you for this church in jesus name amen standing on the promises of christ my king through eternal ages let his praises ring glory in the highest i will shout and sing standing on the promises of god Promise. 
promises of Christ the Lord, bound to him eternally by love's strong cord, overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword, standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, Hosanna, you're my king, I worship and I sing, I lift your holy name upon high, I worship and adore, sing praise forevermore.
I knew I was going to be doing the uh, Lord's Supper here this morning, and earlier this week I had something picked out that I was going to kind of talk about, and uh, I kind of got prepared for that, but I think God might have had other plans for me because over the past two days, there's two or three times that this, this same passage kept coming to my mind, and, and different things I was reading, it kept showing up. So I thought, well, I can take a hint, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to share with you this morning just for a moment. And it comes from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, starting in verse 1. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that, he was, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. And the verse I wanted to concentrate on there is verse 3 it says for I received for what I received I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day you know in life there's a lot of things that are important that we need to do we need to take care of last night was an example you know electricity is kind of important and I told June this morning I said it's funny how this time of year if your power goes off you're concerned about staying warm and staying cold. Things in your refrigerator have to be cold and you want to be warm in your house. So it's kind of weird that you, got, you want both. So yeah, there's a lot of things in life that are important. But according to what I read here, it says the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is of first importance. All of history prior to the cross pointed to that moment in history. And every moment in history after that points back to the cross. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus should be number one importance in our lives. That should be the thing that we think about often, that we should realize, make it central in our life. Same is true in our families, in our homes. We should teach our kids about the gospel, the good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus should be number one. 
There's a lot of things we need to teach our kids and grandkids, but that should be number one. In a church, you know, there's a lot of things we teach here, a lot of things that go on here. The core, the, the simplicity of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus should be number one importance. You know, in the religious world, there's a, there's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of issues that people struggle with and argue about. That one, there's no give and take on that one. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus should be number one, first of importance in everything that we do. So with that in mind, as we give thanks for bread, let's think about that and examine ourselves and see if that is number one in our lives. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the gift of your son. Lord, as we just read here, that the first and most important thing is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The message that was preached then is the same message that's preached today, Lord, that Jesus came to this earth and he gave his life for us, Lord, that he was hung on the cross, that he was put in the tomb, and then he did raise on the third day, Lord. We realize this is not just a story, not just a fable, Lord, it happened. We believe it with all of our hearts, Lord. Help us to put that into action in how we live, Lord. Let that be the motivating factor. Lord, and as we're surrounded this table here this morning, Lord, we just want to thank you for the, for the bread that represents his body. Lord, help us to uh, truly, truly be appreciative and thankful and have a heart of gratitude for the great love you have for us, Lord. And we pray all this and give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Let's continue our thanks. Father in heaven, again, we just want to pause for a moment and thank you so much for the gift of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. Thank you for your patience with us, Lord. And I pray that we would make you a priority in our lives, in our, in our families, uh, in this church, in our everyday life, Lord, that we would put you first. Uh, a lot of the problems we have wouldn't exist if we did that, Lord. Help us to do that, Father. Uh, we believe in you and we trust in you, but uh, help us in our unbelief, Lord. Increase our faith. We thank you for this fruit of the vine that represents the blood of your son, the blood that washes us clean, makes us white as snow in your sight, Lord. Uh, 
What a thing to celebrate, Lord, the greatest gift of mankind, and we get to celebrate it every week, Lord. What a blessing. Help us to love you more and love each other more. In Jesus' name, amen. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I see. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Taking my sin, my cross, my shame. Rising up and I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Jesus, Worthy is your name. 
the side of the Lord. Humble yourself in the side of the Lord. And he will lift you up. See you. 
Good to see you all this morning. It's good to be here with you this morning. Let's pray and keep on a, on a roll here. Father, thanks so much for the blessings of uh, this day, the beauty of uh, the, the, the sunshine and the beauty of all the hearts in here. It's good to be together and see uh, family, friends, and loved ones together in you, um, enjoying the day, enjoying worship. God, we acknowledge what the song just said. Only you are holy. There's none beside you. And God, we thank you for what you've done for us, God. And we, we acknowledge that it's all on you. It's all on you. You've told us that over and over and over again. And Father, as we go through this time today, pray that you would remind us. And Father, you would challenge our thinking and our hearts that we would draw nearer to you your way um, with your plan. Because you are so good and we love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Jesus said really clearly, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, um, you know, we, we read a lot about a lot of those who would be gods or be called gods or people would chase after and rich. I really appreciated what you shared up here. But only one died for his people and rose again. There's nobody else. There's no other name. There's nobody, nowhere, no one. And so, so we're blessed to get to be those people who serve him. Last week... You know, we started with, I love to tell the story, and we're talking about God's story or God's, you know, story to man, God's story with his people. I can't remember what it was titled, you know, but <laughs> you got that. But um, I, I want to encourage you that um, I'm going to try to not, not, not that anybody said last week that the sermon was long or anything, but I, I did hear something about Eutychus fell out of the window or something like that. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Someone told me that their kid left, like, going into first, or got here going, finishing first grade, and when we left, they're in third grade. John and Mike Carell said they grew their beards out the whole time just sitting in church last week. So I don't know what that means, but I'm going to, we're going to try to dial this down just a little bit. Thanks for your eternal patience with me. Today, Jesus, if I was going to rename this not Emmanuel, God with us, which is awesome, I would call it something like Jesus, the better Moses, and, and something like that. Because, you know, last week we talked about God's story in the Old Testament, right? How he, you know, he, in the beginning he created everything, the fall, the flood, Babel, um, you know, he sends Abraham, and then you go through that story as, as Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, into, you know, the Moses story, and then, you know, you travel on through to the Joshua, they get into the promised land, they go through time of judging, and all those things to fall and fall and fall again. I need you to really, I, you know, I don't need you to. God wants you to, and you desperately need to believe this story. You can't see the Old Testament without seeing God's relentless pursuit. We pull things out, and part of the last week's 
sermon, it was so important to be able to understand to keep this thing together because we, we rarely keep it in context. And so we're grabbing and pulling and seeing harshness and then grace and then harshness and then grace. And we think God is someone that he's not. God relentlessly pursues those who constantly fail and fall and will forever fail and fall until made perfect with him one day. That is his story. If you get that wrong, you need to go read again. And if you get it wrong, then go read again. You have to change. There's, this life is a life of constantly changing my heart, changing my mind. We have a heart of stone. God wants to make it a heart of flesh. We're those who are cut and dry, and God is full of grace and mercy, slow to anger, abounding in love. And so Jesus comes on, you know, or God's telling the story, he's telling his story. And in his story, there's constantly this hope, this hope, this hope. Something's coming, someone's coming. Over 300 prophecies about Jesus, about the hope that's coming. And all that story, the Old Testament story, is supposed to tell us how he relentlessly pursues and loves and has a plan and a means to fix things. Just like, you know, dad, you know, at home, and kids like, I don't know, my car's got a flat. <clears throat> Or Eric Miller and Jacob Bow. I don't know. Car's got a flower. I got a plan. We're going to get this thing fixed. It's all going to turn out well in the end. God has a plan. He's not giving up on his people. And so, if you remember at the end of last week, we ended up. We ended up with the Israelites. They had been given an option once Persia had taken them over. Some had went back to Israel. They reestablished, rebuilt the temple, reestablished hope in the, in, in, in the land, and also built the wall, rebuilt the wall in 52 days. Crazy story. But, um, and then they waited and hoped and waited and wondered. And, and then we get into the book of Matthew, and you read, you begin the book of Matthew wanting hope. You begin the book of Matthew saying, what's coming? And then you get the genealogies. It's like, what? We've been waiting all this time, and Abraham begat, Isaac begat. What's the story? The genealogies, you go back to, to, to Genesis, you get into Matthew. The beauty of the genealogies is they're telling you God is up to something. He's been up to something from the beginning. Follow the genealogies because they, re, they just absolutely reflect from Abraham. Down the story to David, down the story to Jesus who came and lived out the law perfectly. Lived out a life perfectly. So Jesus is the better Moses. And i got to say it like this. Here's what you got to watch really quickly, okay? Abraham to David, beautiful story. But then if you pay attention, if you're watching the Old Testament and you start reading in the book of Matthew, you see that God is doing something. And if you were Jewish or if you paid attention to your Old Testament and then you read Matthew, you would see something interesting going on there. And what you would see is that in the beginning when Moses comes out of the story, right, and he, he's uh, drawn up out of the Nile. You see all this stuff going on that he comes up out of the Nile. Herod tries to kill all the babies in the vicinity. And, and then he, comes, they, he pulls them out of Egypt and into the, into, the, into the desert land. You know, he rescues them. Well, if you, if you watch the story of Jesus, you hear this all in the beginning. Just in Matthew chapter 1, after genealogies, and, and the angel shows up and says, this is what's going to happen. He says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God's going to be coming with us, or coming to us, being with us. And then he says this. So he got up, and you remember this in the, in the beginning when the angel is 
leading them out, right? So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I call my son. And, and what's happening here in this story, King Herod then realizes that he had been outwitted by the Magi. He was furious and gave orders to kill all boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time. And what you start to hear, if you're listening, you hear, wow, Moses was born. He was raised in Pharaoh's house. And, but, but while he's being raised, Pharaoh tries to kill all the boys and does. They're supposed to throw all the, the boys, right, into the, into the Nile. And Jesus and, and God leads Pharaoh out of Egypt with all of his people, and you see Jesus being born, right? He's led out of Egypt. While he's being led out of Egypt, you see Herod being very upset, and he's killing all the boys who are two years old and under. And the scripture would lead on to where we would see Moses go through the Red Sea. And in the New Testament, you would read that they were baptized through Moses in the water, in the sea, and they came out on dry ground. And, and here in Matthew 3, 15, so you see in Matthew 1, 2, and then Matthew 3, Jesus replied, let it be so now. This is proper for us to, to fulfill at all right. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to, fulfill, to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. What did he consent to? Jesus shows up. John's baptizing in the Jordan River. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, right? Jesus shows back up. He's like, I need you to baptize me. John's like, no, you need to baptize me. And Jesus is like, no, let it be so now. They go into the wilderness to, and wonder for a while. The Israelites do a long time. And the scripture tells us that Jesus was immediately led by the Spirit into the wilderness, Right? He's led by the, the Spirit into the wilderness. He fasts 40 days, 40 nights. They come and minister him to Israelites. Wander, wander, 40 days, 40 nights. If you're watching the story unfold, what you begin to see, right? You begin to see that, 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 that the Spirit is trying to do something with Matthew. What the Spirit is trying to do in this rapid fire, he's trying to say, hey, you remember Moses from Egypt? They try to kill him. He goes through the wilderness. He crosses the sea. He gives him, you know, the law. And, and if you pay attention, the same thing happens with Jesus, right? He goes to the Sermon on the Mount. He sits down. But what happens in the Sermon on the Mount, that what, what Moses would say is God says, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Here's the law. Sermon on the Mount, Jesus sits down and begins to teach. And then he says, you've heard of it said, and, but I tell you. You've heard of it said, but I tell you. You've heard this said, but I tell you. And what you're starting to see is, is that this Jesus is a better Moses. <clears throat> Moses is a Messiah. Yes, Moses delivers them. He, he rescues them. Moses is a lawgiver. Yes, he does that. Moses is a great leader. Yes, he does that. Moses can't die for them. Jesus shows up, and he is all those things, but he's different than any other prophet, teacher, king, anyone that's been before, because Jesus tells the story like this. You've heard it was said, but I tell you, not God tells you, but I tell you. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says something so cool that should just rock you a little bit. He says, anybody that hears these words of mine, Moses would have never said that. None of the, none of the, the prophets would have said that. Nobody would have said that. But Jesus said, anyone who hears these words of mine and does them, well, he's like a wise man. He goes house on a... So Jesus is saying, there's something new going on here. There's something new afoot. Something's happening, and it's different. 
And so then you watch the story of Jesus, and while all the Israelites can continue to sin and struggle and battle and sin and struggle and battle, failing at every turn to do exactly what they were told they were going to do. You're going to fail. You cannot keep this law. You're going to fall apart. You can't make this happen. Jesus comes along and never fails. He goes to the wilderness. Scripture tells us he's tempted in every way. You know, after his baptism led into the wilderness, tempted in every way, just as we are. Lived his life being tempted, being pressed, never sinned. And so a good question would be then, you know, you say he fulfilled the law, this Jesus who came, comes along and you say is that better than Moses. You say he fulfilled the law. How did he do these kinds of things? One of the ways that Jesus is pretty clear about summing up the law and the prophecy would say in Matthew, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself as asking what's the greatest commands. But then he makes this comment, this sums up all the law and all the prophets. That's the, what it was all bent toward. It was all bent in the Old Testament about loving God and being good to one another being kind to one another, understanding we're all in this fleshly experience and we're all going to struggle, struggle and battle. Don't be selfish. Think about year of jubilee. Think of those kinds of things. Always supposed to give back. Always supposed to help. Don't loan and, and, and get paid back for it. Don't sue one another. Look out for each other. You know, there's a press in all of this. But then you watch Jesus not only say things that are important. He did things that were important. He did things that fulfilled, that, were, that captured the heart of what God was trying to do with the law in the Old Testament. He did it all. Like this. The uh, Pharisees were trying to look for a way to trap Jesus. <clears throat> and so they find this woman with a partner who doesn't show up in the story, a man, she says, uh, you know, she's in the very act of adultery is what the scripture says. And so they bring him to Jesus, throw her down in front of him. And Jesus, uh, they say to Jesus, Jesus, this woman is caught in the, in the act of adultery. And then and the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you say? Now, hear what's going on here, okay? He's trying to, they're trying to trap him. Yes. Um, but, but deeper than that. Fulfilling the law, doing what's right, mercy, not sacrifice, all these kinds of things. You have to hear this. What do you say? Jesus begins to scratch around on the ground, you know, and this is whoever is without sin cast the first stone. And they end up going away. You know the story. And then he says, he straightens up and asks her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Now, it is true that the law of Moses says she has to die by the way, he has to die too, but they didn't bother bringing him out. She has to die. Jesus, in living this thing out, being what God, what the law really called for, a, the grace, the mercy, the living it out from heart, from everything else, honoring, he says, no one uh, returned to condemn you. No one condemned you. She says, no. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, now go and leave your life of sin. Forgiveness, mercy, grace on the spot. Why? Because Jesus is that man. Jesus is that guy. He will die for sin eventually. That's the gospel. This is all gospel message, man. He will die for her sin, die for their sin, die for our sins, die for once for all. There's no need for any more sacrifice for sin. What's needed is that we just continue to walk in a right relationship with him. 
the story of Zacchaeus. You know, nobody wants to be around Zacchaeus. He's a little guy, climbs a tree because Jesus is coming. What's Jesus say? I'm going home with you. And, and Zacchaeus repents. He gives everything back. He's, you know, give four times. I'll do all this stuff. And he says, today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came. How did he, how did he fulfill the law? He came to seek and save the lost. Not seek and condemn. Not seek and pound. Not seek and kill. So many times we start thinking about the sacrifice. We start thinking Old Testament. We start thinking that the, the real thought behind God's motives is God's just so mad, he's just got to kill somebody. So he's just going to kill all these animals in the Old Testament, and then he's going to kill Jesus in the New Testament. That is not, listen, it's not the point. It's not even close to the point. It's not the heart of the story. And if that's your thinking, and I know that we've all got a little bit of that in us, man, you got to go back and read it again and again and again and watch the story unfold. Jesus is after, God is after them, and now Jesus is after them. So much so that his point, he makes a point in, in John 10 that while he's saying that the thief is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the one that wants to kill you. I've come that you could have life and have it to the full. That's my full intent for you. That's my whole intent. And so you watch him. You watch him with bright eyes because you just wonder a little bit if you've lived in the flesh very long. And I'm looking around thinking, yeah, some of us have been doing this a while. Some of us not so long. But it only takes a day to know that if, if, if the law of sin and death is real, then I have to die. Just for today so far, right? Uh, Sunday morning? I sinned already? Sunday morning, my heart's not been right already. If the law of sin and death, that the law that most religion is trying to adhere to, if the thinking and the traditions and those things that most religion is trying to go after is really implemented in our lives today, you got to die just for today. You got to die just for today. Get the bulls and goats, there's not enough. Jesus is such a big deal. He's a better Moses, he's a better everything. He's a better everything. So, so, he, so he works, you know, with these 12 that can never get it right. He heals women with, who've been bleeding for 12 years, unclean, unclean, unclean. Jairus' daughter, who's, you know, she's, she's dying. He goes and touches her. Widow at Nain, her son is dead, and they're carrying him out, and he touches and heals him. And he, he encourages, he heals lepers, he heals blind, he, heals, he feeds hungry. He just never stops pursuing and living out the heart of exactly what the Old Testament law was. He never quits. He even does a miracle, and those that are trying to kill him, he's like, go report to them so that you are official and so that I honor and respect what's going on here. But make no mistake things have changed already and they are changing forever and if you get this wrong you can sit in this pew these seats all your life and miss jesus because it does not have anything there's nothing else you can plug into that no other name by which you must be saved there's no other thing church is not the way the truth and life friends are not the way the truth and life my spouse is not the way the truth and life Anything that I can do, my religion, my sacrifices, nothing is the way, the truth, and the life. Just faith, trust in him. Enough that calls us into obedience. He 
is the only way, the only truth, the only life. And so you watch the Old Testament unfold, and you're like, man, that's scary. And God's like, it's not scary. I haven't given up on you. I've never given up. I keep chasing you. Now I send my son Jesus. I'm in the flesh. You watch it unfold. How many different ways does he come after them? Through everyone, every way. And then he shows up himself. I'm in. I'm here. You don't come hang out with people to try to kill them. You hang out with people because you can't stay away from them. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's, you know? And so he says this in Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. To fulfill them. That's cool. And he says a few more things about nothing's passing, nothing's going on, nothing's happening. Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of the pen. And then he says, for I tell you, and this is where he gets really serious about this. For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And a, and a legalist would say, oh, no. Oh, no. How are we ever going to get there? I can't go to church. Well, I can't remember more than them in the Bible. I can't do any of this stuff. I can't know Torah. I can't. And Jesus is like, that's not the point. That's not righteousness. Well, we know. We know in 2 Corinthians 5, Right? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we could have the righteousness of God. You don't have a righteousness. You can't achieve righteousness. Your only hope and your every trust is that Jesus did what he said he did. He died on the cross for your sins and mine once for all time. There's no other sacrifice left. There's no other way. There's none. And so if you're trusting anything else, you really are hopeless. And if you're trusting him... You have a living hope, and that's incredible. But he goes on to say this, right? We said this already. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that we could become, we might become, in him we might become the righteousness of God. He gave his righteousness to us. Jesus is pressed in the scripture reading. He's pressed about fasting. And when he's pressed about fasting, he's, says this thing. He's telling a story like everybody tells a story, and everybody's left wondering, what is going on here? And he says something about you don't sew an old patch on new clothes. And some of you ladies are good at sewing, know about this. And he says something about old wines and new wineskins. He said you can't put new wine in old wineskins because old wineskins are not pliable anymore. And new wine is fermenting, like the patch, right? The old patch is done stretching, but the new Garment's gonna, it's going to give. Stuff's going to happen. It's going to pull away. You put new wine in old wineskins. When it starts to ferment, the, it, it busts, and it all, you lose the wine. Listen, for, forever people have wondered and struggled about what this says. And, and one time I really struggled for what this said. But you know what it means. You really do know what it means. He's saying, listen, i got to tell you something. This old way, this keeping of the law, this sin and death and all those kinds of things, that's old wine. Or that's old wineskins. It's all old wineskins. Your traditions, you're trusting yourself. You think going to church, you think you're going to do enough good. You think that you can make yourself better. That's old wineskins. I'm coming. I fulfilled the law. I changed. I gave you a new, and that's what he calls it, a new covenant. When you take communion, he says, this new covenant 
I make with you, not the law of Moses, not that old stuff, this new Jesus story. He says, this I'm telling you right now, if you don't change your heart of stone and let me give you a heart of flesh so it's pliable and you start trusting me alone, you will forever be wasted. This will forever be wasted on you. You'll never get it. And you'll teach other people and they'll never get it because you will not trust Jesus because you keep trusting you. Now, I'm telling you something. Jesus came. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the New Testament story. Jesus came and died for everyone all time, for all. One sacrifice for all time. There is no other sacrifice. And if you are his, you are his. Breathe. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because the law of the spirit of life set me free from sinning and dying and sinning and dying. And nobody should be holding anybody accountable to that kind of stuff. Because Jesus died to kill that. That's what he died to kill forever. Hey, love you guys. So thankful for you. I'm going to pray. We're going to have an invitation. If you want to respond in any way, if you're not his child, man, he offers you this opportunity to die with him. And physically, he died on the cross. He was buried in a grave and he rose again. He gives you this opportunity to die in a watery grave, and be risen to new life. It's this whole incredible gospel story. You get to change and be made new. If you struggle in any way, you can come, and we will pray for you. But let's pray, and then we will move on. Father, thank you so much. Man, thank you so much for knowing we needed you. God, I pray that you would convince us. I know you won't make us, but I pray that you would never give up convincing us that it is only in you, only in you, always in you. You are a living hope, and we love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If you desire to, to respond in any way, why don't you come as we stand and sing? I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe and high. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me.
Be your Savior wants to be, be saved today. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, Sharon Gamp is back in the hospital. Um, not sure what's going on there, but we need to remember her in our prayers. Um, remember, remember Eugene Reisner, uh, that he will continue to make progress. And remember Sister Nola Kelly. Uh, she just really needs our, uh, she really needs our prayer. <clears throat> Home group attendance, there's a chart back there on the wall. If you would please put your, uh, put your number down there. Find somebody can remember from last week how many you had. Uh, but we would like to have a record of your, uh, of your attendance back there. Um, <clears throat> remember that we're going to skip one week on uh, home groups, and that would be uh, Easter Sunday, which is April the 9th. Um, we did – I'm not going to read all the rest of this to you because I know you can read it. We did make a um, – we did make an offer to uh, John Paul Suchecki, just to let you know where we're at. Uh, we made an offer to him, and he still had another congregation he was going to try out in before they make a final decision. So if you'd just be in prayer about that. Um, we're, we're praying as an eldership for God's will to be done. Um, but if it's the right thing for him to come here, that it will happen. So we would, we would appreciate your prayers. Uh, if you have questions, you, of course, can talk to any of us at any time. We're not hiding a big secret here, so you can just talk to us anytime you want. Okay, I want to read uh, from Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in, the heaven, in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Let's bow together. Father, we give you thanks for this beautiful day. Thank you for the blue skies and the sunshine. We're thankful, Father, for your son who gave his life for us. We know that without him, we have no hope, Father. But with him, uh, we have every, every hope, Father, and we're just thankful for that. 
And we, we pray for the sick, Father. Every name there on our sick list, we, we mention especially Sister Sharon Gamp. Father, she's back in the hospital again. We're praying you'll guide the doctors and nurses' hands skillfully, uh, give her comfort and strength. And for Eugene Reisner, Father, that he will continue to make progress. And for our sister, Nola Kelly. And Father, we pray your blessing on our home groups tonight. Uh, help us to gain from the, uh, from the lesson. Help us to build relationships, Father, while we are uh, studying together like this. Just guide us through this day, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.